Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How's everything over there? <laughs> Pretty good. It's very hot today. Okay. Here it's uh, about the same, but uh, you might have known that uh, that we have some uh, problems here in Germany right now with uh, so much rain and, and flutes and so on. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's not, not so easy, but uh, here in my place, uh, we are safe. Thanks, God. <laughs> well, that's good. I'm glad to hear that. So, um, welcome to CWC. I'm really excited to have you on the show to talk about your personal journey to becoming a professional musician and your upcoming album of Works for Strings. For people in the audience who might not be familiar with your work, would you mind introducing yourself? With pleasure. My name is Friedemann Eichhorn. I'm a violinist and uh, I teach as well here at the Hochschule für Musik Franz Liszt in Weimar. And uh, I'm also the artistic director of Kronberg Academy, which is an institution for young, very gifted string players near Frankfurt. And uh, most of all, also, I'm family father. I have three children and my wife will make our home here in Weimar. And uh, I enjoy um, my time playing, teaching, discovering music. And I'm especially into music of the 20th and 21st century. What's the last piece that you practiced? Actually, at the moment, I'm preparing a new violin concerto that was uh, just written for me by uh, the Turkish pianist and composer Fazil Say, which is a wonderful musician. And uh, he wrote this violin concerto for me, which will be premiered next May in 2022 in Berlin with the Konzerthaus Orchestra, conducted by uh, Maestro Christoph Eschenbach. And, I'm really looking forward to that because this is a piece of music that I fell in love with already. And here I'm reading the score and working on the violin uh, before actually I go on vacation, which will uh, happen in around uh, 10 days. Exciting. Well, congrats on the upcoming release of your Works for Strings album. Um, aside from practicing your new works, how does it feel to see this album being released? And what do you hope that audiences take away from it? It's always wonderful if the CD finally is released because there's so much work until uh, this uh, baby is then there. Um, you, you practice the music, you play it over many, many years. You often played in concerts and uh, then finally you record it and uh, that's always a special atmosphere also in the studio and then of course you help in the whole process i mean the program notes uh, or in this uh, cd it was a sort of interview with all my colleagues that are also on this cd and with the composer and um, so you have to bring in uh, photographs and so on. So it's a, it's a long story until the CD is there and then it's finally wonderful. I think it just must feel 
the same um, to a writer when suddenly or finally uh, the book is printed and is there. I will not listen to this CD so much myself because I really listen to my own uh, recordings only in the process when it's, when it's edited and um, when I'm in the studio, of course, and maybe some years later, I will, uh, I will take an ear and, and listen to it again. And then it's a wonderful memory, of course. Um, but most important is, I believe in the composer, Burkhard Eckdorf, and I believe in this music and some of this music, or actually all the music was written for myself and my dear friends that are also playing on the CD. So it's music dedicated to us and it's a special pleasure then of course to record it and to um, try to bring justice to the composer and also um, work together with the composer and help uh, the composer also to, to bring his music his baby then um, to earth. Absolutely. As you might remember, I'm a composer myself and working with musicians is just amazing. As much as I love, you know, sitting in my little black room and writing things out, it's so much better when I get to hand it over to such amazing musicians that bring it to life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I just love to, to work with composers. And of course, I, I love the romantics. I love the Baroque and Bach is, uh, of course, my hero. I mean, for who uh, isn't he? Uh, Mozart, of course. But um, it's so wonderful to work with uh, composers that are still alive. And I would love to <laughs> ask maybe the same questions to, to some uh, Mr. Beethoven or Mr. Brahms. I would have so many questions. They cannot answer it. I have to discover and to answer them myself, reading the score or reading about the music and um, talking to my colleagues and in former times with my teachers discussing it and so on. And here you have the source right there. You have the composer. You can ask him, what did you really think uh, here in this place? And, and what is the emotion that you want to transmit here? Or um, uh, may I give you even an idea how I could imagine that this uh, piece here or this part would really sound uh, even uh, better. And uh, so it's, it's a wonderful uh, discourse always with uh, living composers. And, and that's what I love in our profession. Collaboration is the name of the game. As you spoke about earlier um, in the album booklet that um, listeners have access to on the uh, Palandino website. Um, you guys had a big interview with you guys and the composers about this album coming together. Um, one thing that you mentioned is that it is essential to have a close personal connection with your musical partners. How do you personally go about cultivating those close relationships and how do you think the album might have come out differently if the ensemble had actually been composed of strangers when you all walked into the studio together? Well, a little bit, it depends also on the music, of course. Um, I wouldn't say it's the only way to make good music if you know each other really well and if you are great friends. But to me, it helps a lot, and uh, especially in chamber music, because I believe Chamber music, um, 
And uh, I think duo already is a sort of chamber music. It's a dialogue already. And um, that this kind of music is uh, it's like sharing. It's like sharing opinions. It's uh, sharing uh, statements. Uh, it's telling and listening to stories. And um, if, you, if you feel near to the person that you are sharing that music with, then um, this, I think, definitely helps if you have a good way of communication. I think you don't need to know each other for long already because, I mean, it's just like you meet somebody very, uh, at first sight, it's, it's some new person that you didn't know before. And, and you feel immediately there's a, a good uh, bridge, uh, there's a good uh, uh, communication between the two people, then um, you feel immediately you get along very well. And I think that helps a lot. Um, I, I can imagine that it doesn't help the music so much if, mm -hmm. if you have a person that you, <laughs> that you don't feel like really sympathetic or that uh, you feel, well, maybe it's a different, uh, approach uh, in, in, in life in general, um, then maybe it's more difficult to, to find a, a, a really wonderful um, result in your music make. Mm -hmm. I personally, chamber ensembles are my favorite ensembles to be a part of. Um, yes. And my freshman year of college, I had just moved to a new state. I didn't know any of the people in my uh, quartet. And at first, it, I feel like it was hard for us to learn the music together because um, we didn't really know each other. We were having such a hard time keeping the tempo together and reading off of each other. And in this 12 movement piece we were learning, the first four movements took forever for us to figure out how to play. But then the rest just came so yes. naturally once we had that connection. Perfect. Yeah, that's what I, what I mean. That you found each other like in the process of working the first movements and you felt there was a good uh, communication between you. And uh, so then the other uh, movements, they went on uh, much easier because uh, you could imagine maybe what your colleagues would sense how, how to play that or how they also would, yeah, what is their way of, of playing, of, of communicating music. And so um, that's why it's that's why you, it's so difficult also to play with a machine. You know, if you if you play playback, <laughs> it's uh, it's not really music making uh, in the end. You know. <laughs> mm -hmm. For this album, you got to be a part of the birth of new works. That was kind of one of the big parts of the album. What did the collaborative process look like between your group and the composer? And feel free to share a story if you have one in mind. Yeah, sure. Um, there's this one piece that opens the CD. It's a, a duo for two violins. And uh, it was written for my wife and myself. And my wife is uh, my partner on the CD, or I'm her partner. <laughs> and our great friend, Alexander Hülshoff, a wonderful cellist um, is also our partner on this CD. And this duo we played uh, for the first time in the year 2007. And Burkhardt um, wrote it for us for a performance at a festival. And since that time, we played 
the piece uh, numerous times. And you know, the repertoire for two violins is uh, very limited. There are some very good Baroque pieces. In fact, there's a little bit of classical music and then uh, there's some strong music in the 20th century. There's a Prokofiev sonata, there's the Isai sonata, there's some music by Hindemith, by Max Rega and so on. Um, but not as much music um, as, as you could really uh, want to have. And um, so it was wonderful to add this piece to our repertoire because my wife and I, we play uh, duo violin for, for many years. Uh, and um, so that was the process of, of playing and working that piece. And for the first performance, of course, we immediately worked with the composer. And it's a quite a special piece because, you know, the word, the word duo um, is written in a special uh, way here. Maybe I, I show it to the, uh, I hope you can read it or. Yeah. Uh, yeah, duo, duo. So uh, it's like divided in, in two German words, duo, which uh, actually means uh, you, oh. Um, so this piece is a piece of program music and it is like um, a story of two people getting to know each other. And actually it's a sort of portrait of my wife and myself from the very first beginning that we met and uh, that we had our first uh, meetings and our first, uh, first laugh and even first fights also, everything in this work. So it's quite programmatic and uh, that's why it's super interesting. And uh, he does it with really uh, great compositorical means um, maybe we talk about that a little bit later, but um, so from the very first uh, beginning, this work um, was very dear to us and, and uh, felt very personal. And uh, we worked it with the composer and, and uh, practiced it and played it many times. And then now after 13 years of playing it, we recorded it on the CD. Well, that's... That's crazy to me. In 2007, I don't even know if I knew what a clarinet was. I would have been seven years old. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, well, um, there are other pieces that um, I, of course, and we play much longer already. I'm a little bit older than you, of course. <laughs> yes. And what is also really nice in this piece, it's not only a piece of music, but it's also a theatrat, uh, theatrical, uh, a theater um, mm -hmm. sort of piece that you have to walk on stage, you have to, to run to each other, you have to like uh, uh, go back and, and uh, turn around and so on. So it's, it's really good to play. I really can um, recommend it to, to other violinists very well. Yeah, absolutely. I know for sure there's gonna be some violinists listening to this my um colleague lucy collins she is a violinist herself and chamber music is her specialty she loves it and the more active the better so i will be sure to recommend it to her cool. yes um so you might have already answered this with the previous question, but what was your favorite piece to play on this album and why? Um, well, I like 
it's difficult to uh, make a choice. But mm -hmm. of course, this piece that I just mentioned is very dear because uh, I play it for so long already. But mm -hmm. also, also the other pieces I, I'm involved, um, I, I like very much, and they are very different. There's this wonder, wonderful string trio, uh, which was finished actually just before the recording session. It was oh, still changed. Yeah, it's, it's really super. Um, it was written for that occasion, but just half an hour before the recording session, some bars were still changed. And um, it's uh, a super, about six minutes, super attractive string trio, uh, very much in the um, minimal music style. So um, quite, um, yeah, I would say, I would say inspired by Philip Glass or um, Terry Riley. And um, it's, it's a, a nice piece full of energy and has this motoric um, rhythm, uh, very nice color and uh, wonderful balance between the three instruments. It's not um, easy, of course, to write for string trio. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it, it was real fun to play that. Again, string trios is a um, form of repertoire, which is not that there's not so much repertoire, like in the string quartet, of course. The string trios, of course, you have Mozart, the beautiful Dimento, you have the Beethovens, you have uh, Schönberg, which is fantastic. Um, you have some other things also, like like, uh, like Riga, for example. Um, but that's also a wonderful piece that's also fun to play and um, lies good on the string instruments. So um, I enjoyed that very much. Um, the other pieces on, on the CD are uh, duo works for violin and cello. Um, again, uh, you see here uh, music for a combination that is rather rare, violin cello duo. And um, with my friend Alexander Hülshoff, whom I played together with for already, um, yes, 25 years maybe. Um, yeah, we, we played this music uh, together uh, and very virtuosic and yeah, much fun. <laughs> How do you feel like your guys's process of working together has changed over those 25 years? Um, no, maybe no, it's, it's the same. Um, <laughs> uh, yes, you, you, you meet and you know each other uh, really well, of course. I mean, maybe the longer you play with uh, somebody, maybe the less you have to talk uh, because you know each other really well and uh, you know the style, you know the, the idea, you know the character of, of playing of your partner. Uh, you don't need to make uh, so many words and it's also very interesting. Um, if you meet new people, then usually you, you, you have to verbalize more in the process of um, practicing, of uh, rehearsing. But uh, if you know somebody really well, you don't need so many words, which, which can be also um, nice if you, if you play more and don't have to talk uh, too much. Yeah. But also very interesting sometimes, of course, um, especially when it comes to teaching also. And if you meet some very interesting new musician that you haven't worked with uh, before, um, to to 
get uh, many insights and um, to talk about music um, can be super interesting. Actually, that's what we are doing now, talking about yeah. music. <laughs> So kind of going a little bit away from the album next, throughout mm -hmm. your studies and life as a performer, you have been a part of many different music communities and have become somewhat of an international musician. What are some big musical cultural differences that you've seen throughout your travels that people might not expect if they haven't traveled outside their country before? Um, well, it's, uh, I mean, we maybe start to talk now about traditions. Um, um, actually, I don't believe too much in um, traditions of several um, cultural um, uh, areas um, because I'm more. I, I believe more in the individual of uh, musicians and I have met in any different uh, cultural region, very different musicians. So I wouldn't say that um, several musicians are the same because they are from the same cultural region. Mm -hmm. um, there, are some, there are some similarities maybe because um, the educations in different cultural regions are maybe different from others. So I've noticed, for example, that in some countries, like um, often in the East countries, the uh, technical education of young musicians is, is excellent, it's very good. It's often better on the average that I maybe see that here in uh, middle of Europe. But this doesn't mean in the end that uh, that this is a big, uh, yeah, it can be an advantage, of course, but it's a personal thing in the end. We have wonderful musicians from everywhere. And um, so, uh, so it's a very difficult question and uh, one could spend a whole evening about, about that topic. Uh, but yeah. I'm really glad to, to know so many musicians from all the different backgrounds that are um, all so different in their approach and in their music making, which makes life uh, especially interesting in music. For sure. Kind of in that same vein, what advice would you have for young musicians who are looking to take their career or education international? Well, the most important is uh, the love for the music. That you really want to do that. That's the most important thing because it's a hard way, certainly. It's a most fulfilling um, life as a musician if you if you are able to do the music that you would like to do, and one usually doesn't decide that for oneself, of course. There are many aspects that have to work in an artist's life that the artist can express um, the music in a way and has the possibility to express the music that uh, he dreams of. 
or she dreams of and that is um that is uh, yeah is is difficult and you survive maybe only in that uh, life and in that way if you really love what you do because it's um it's not easy the the life as a musician is um as we all know um it's not a life of only success you you um there are many many times maybe that we would like to give up and um because some things in your career don't work out as you wished it or you you didn't play the concert as well as you thought you or as you hoped you will do it and you prepared a lot for it or a competition or anything um and maybe you won't have the success that you would have loved as a new step in your way so the love of the music is so important that always helps us to to stick with uh with our profession and with our uh, life uh, that is the most important thing and then of course uh next to love you need to have um yeah well it sounds uh, like an old story but it's quite true you, you need a lot of um uh well, discipline, the word maybe it's not, yeah, well, it's quite a lot of discipline you need. You need to, to also hard work. You need hard work. Yeah, there's no question. Um, to, but yeah, if you love the thing that you do, then you won't maybe consider it as hard work. Um, maybe today, when I said in the beginning, I was practicing a lot today, the new violin concerto. Um, this maybe is called work, but I didn't feel it was work because I, I was happy to have the time and to have the, the, the quiet uh, time to, to play that. And it was a huge pleasure for me. It was a luxury actually. Um, yeah, these are my most important thoughts maybe about that. Well, thank you so much. Those are all the questions that I have for you today. Thanks for joining me on the show. And I can't wait for everybody to hear your new album. Thank you so much. It was nice to talk to you. Thank you. Have a great rest of your evening. Bye. Bye-bye. All the best. Hi guys, thank you so much for tuning in today for this interview with Mr. Friedman. It was so awesome to get to talk to him about his new album, Works for Strings. Please go down to the link in the description to check it out on Palandino Music. Be sure to subscribe, like, follow on all accounts, Spotify, and more so that you can tune in to the next episode of CWC. Have a great rest of your day and I'll talk to you later. Bye!